Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 3, Episode 7, A Measure of Salvation. We jump to an area we know the Cylons use as a supply line, NCD-2539. We stay there. Exposed. We look as if we're spoiling for a fight. They'll send their fleet, and where there's a fleet, there's a resurrection ship. Now, once the resurrection ship is within our reach, we execute our infected prisoners. We bug out. The executed prisoners download into the resurrection ship, and with them, the virus. You sure the virus will download to a new body? The Cylons are sure of it. Mr. Anderson, I got a question for you with a measure of salvation. Okay. Do you, what do you, what do you think? I want to go right to. Ooh, the big question. Yeah. Let's go right to the big question. If you haven't seen this episode in a while, we got a situation here. We have the ability to introduce a virus to the Cylons to essentially wipe them out, basically is what we're hearing. And, um, and Hilo takes it upon himself to sabotage that idea. Is he wrong? he does. Or is he right? Are you not sure? Are we going to talk through it? What does your instinct tell you? My instinct goes, Hilo's right. My, that, that's my knee-jerk <clears throat> instinctual reaction to, boy, I mean, even when it comes between human beings, wars that we've had, we've never ended a war by just utterly wiping out an entire civilization or an entire, I mean, hell, that's probably happened in the distant past, but that is, that is one awful way to end a war. You, that's not even a military victory. A military victory is you know, striking down the military, taking out enough of their resources and enough of their, their fighting force or eventually they surrender. Like that's, that's a, a military victory. Like this is – I mean there really is no other way to say it. He was right. It's genocide. Like that's what it is. Okay. Um, and, and, I, like, I like where your head's at because I have the opposite take on this. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but that's not to say that I am not, I am completely entrenched in my ideology on this one. I, uh, I am, I am not interested in winning the debate. I'm interested in perhaps arriving at a, uh, at something that will be illuminated through discussion. But my instinct is to say, no, he is not, he is wrong. <sighs> wrong and right. So a tough way to say it here, here would be my decision to introduce here. Here would be my decision to introduce the plan. Here would, here would be my call to make the plan a reality. And it's this. Your example about modern-day military, I think, is a really good example. I would not annihilate an entire country to win a war against the country unless right. I thought my country was going to be annihilated by the enemy's country, in which case that kind of changes things a little bit. I don't know enough about that. I haven't considered the moral implications of even what I'm saying right now and that I'm just thinking out loud. Here is the one, here's the one caveat I see in Hilo's argument. And here is something that almost annoyed me. And I know it did. It annoyed me a little bit about this episode. I feel like there was a couple of conversations that should have happened realistically in this episode this week that didn't happen. But I will say I definitely still enjoyed the episode. So yeah. here is my long-winded explanation. I feel like you are dealing with enemy combatants, period. I don't think there's a civilization that isn't part of the military program to destroy your race based on what you've seen to date. The only exception that we know 
is Athena. Every other Cylon is part of the war machine. In other words, I don't mind introducing a virus to wipe out the Third Reich, but I don't want to wipe out all of the German people. And in my opinion, they represent the Cylons as we see them. Yes, yes, you could say it's genocide, but I would also say, well, is it wrong to commit genocide against, say, this is even more complicated because they just follow the orders, but like the Jem'Hadar, they don't have, they don't exist outside of militaristic ideology. Victory is life. Well, they're always going to be combating you, always, forever, Mm -hmm. as long as their overlords tell you. And even they, in my opinion, they almost get more of a pass than the Cylons, as I'm thinking here, because every one of the Cylons that we've seen, with the exception of Sharon, who was captured and, you know, influenced by her colonial heritage, has been a part of the war machine to destroy humanity. There's no peaceful Cylon family somewhere that's going to be, based on what we know, going to be eradicated as a result of the introduction of the virus. And that's why my instinct is to say, fuck them, they're all enemy combatants. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, You know, and I I think that is actually a good point. That's like a a specific, unique thing to the Cylons. It's very unique. Correct, correct. Right. And and I think that one thing I want to establish, I think we probably are on the same page on, is just that, that the Cylons... Like as an individual, like, like taking Athena, but the Cylons are a sentient being. They are not just robots. Like they, if you take a Cylon individual, it is an individual with, you know, a consciousness and what we could argue for being deserving of rights. Sure, do you think? Sure, that's a really um, okay. good question. So, do do they deserve rights? I suppose we would have to examine even what that means, right? Yeah, it's tough. It it would be because because I think. I think we are instinctively I think we are instinctively responding to them because of their appearance and their similarness in biology to us because I feel like if they looked like insects given the opportunity to do this to them I think we would swallow it easier because I think sure. yeah. there's something about the aesthetics of the whole thing that's making us realize that is it possible we have a biological connection can we can we be together so I think people have rights. Here is, it's, it's a good, I like the way you positioned it, but here's what, here's my, here, here's what I'll say about that. I think you have rights right up until they include making an attempt to eliminate my rights with your actions. Do you see? That, uh, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So that's almost where I feel like they are. So I think they've all, whether they have programmed or not, and, and sadly, that's not my problem. Right. I could almost say, what if they were a race of serial killers? Right. You could argue that a lot of those serial killers, maybe they have fucking brain tumors. We know that was Charles Whitman's problem. He went fucking bananas because he had a fucking golf ball thing grown in his head. And he just went bananas and killed a bunch of kids, right? From a clock tower. So, yeah. I mean, he made the choice, but but did he? I don't know. I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm not saying I want to be his friend. I'm not saying he shouldn't be isolated from society forever. I'm not making a case for saying Charles Whitman is innocent because of a biological affliction. I guess what I'm trying to say is that if you had a race of serial killers, you would say, okay, well, it's unfortunate that they are the way they are, but they are all coming after us. Even though we were able to isolate this particular one and rehabilitate this particular one. I know it's not a fair comparison, but you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to think in broad strokes because I think, yes, Matthew Anderson, I think you have rights. I, you know me. I'm a very, I'm a very uh, 
freedom-based person. I'm very much into liberty. That's very important to me. But I think the second you attempt to take mine, I don't care about yours anymore. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. now, you and I uh, become I've, enemies. I have always thought that, like, you know, the, the, the mind, you know, the thought experiment scenario I think of in my head is that two people walking down the street, opposite directions, each of them has absolutely equal rights to one to an ex- existence, their safety, their, their personal freedom, completely the same, equal. The first person who aggresses and, you know, pulls a gun on the other person, you have essentially nullified your All, all bets like, are off. Right, like you've, yep. you've given up your right to exist because you're trying to take somebody else's. And if that person who you pulled a gun on kills you, that's not a sin. That's not a wrong. Like you, you initiated combat. You initiated a, a – you know, essentially trying to rob them of their rights and you gave up yours in the process. And, and I feel like in this particular case, all of these Cylons, with the exception of Athena, who is going to be spared, has made a decision. Whether or not it's through programming or whatever and you can get – we can get really cute with this free will stuff, but let's just pretend they're making these choices, even though they have their own political infighting. I just, so I, I think that's, I think that's a big consideration. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Um, because I think they're all complicit in it. And, and as unfortunate as it is, that's just the reality. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's not even, it's funny because I feel like you can barely, probably the biggest victims in the whole thing are the more machine-like of them, right? Because they don't right, really yeah, right. make decisions. They don't, they seem not to really have an advanced intellect. I would almost say it's almost like the Third Reich. Like you could introduce a disease to, to destroy the Third Reich and thus prevent all of the tr- atrocities that happened as a result of World War II, all of the deaths that have occurred, but you're going to be killing a lot of 18-year-old conscripts, right? That that are just right. fighting because they're, they love their country and they don't want their country to be destroyed as far as they're concerned. That's what they're seeing, right? They don't know anything mm-hmm. about a concentration camp. They just know about the enemy. That's all they know. And it's, it, so I guess I'm equating, you know, an 18-year-old conscript in the German army to like a fucking raider. It's just this <laughs> mach, It's just a machine almost serving a purpose and in right. that the, the, the skin jobs are the leadership, so to speak. Totally. Totally. And, you know, for me, I'd say the big hinge piece that's introduced in this episode that changes my feelings, and it, I would still argue that it's, it's basically genocide regardless, but if you're talking about completely wiping off out of, out of existence entirely an entire race, but in this episode in particular, the detail that comes up when, they, when they're interrogating Simon aboard the Galactica, mm-hmm. and he brings up the fact that they are headed to Earth, and uh, Baltar has been helping him, helping the Cylons, and then he even says... We want a new beginning. For one, I go right there. You've just got a new piece of new knowledge from the Cylons of what they are trying to achieve. And they, by all what it sounds and appears like at this moment, are headed away. They're not headed toward combat. They're not pursuing the fleet directly anymore. They are headed away. Regardless, you know, it doesn't matter that it's Earth. It matters that they are going to try and settle somewhere, seemingly to go have a, like he said, a new beginning and go live away. And... For me, that really throws a kink into the problem of, well, we should just go ahead and wipe them out. It's like if at this point they are trying to almost pull away from from war, then for one, it makes it really awful to try and wipe them out. But then also I go, well, shit, you have a pretty powerful bargaining chip to actually maybe open up communication with them, to maybe come to some kind of bargaining table to say, hey, all right, this is a human-made virus. And maybe if it, even if you, you have to lie a little bit and say, oh, we know how to make a cure, even if you don't necessarily, you can say, we know how to cure this virus. 
will you sit down and talk with us and we'll talk about the future and what what that means for the both of us. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. Um, I, li- I like where your head's at. So, so a couple of alternative ways to consider that stuff is, number one, we know asylums are quite duplicitous, um, that okay. they are yeah. very much treacherous people. We see the way they operate. We see the way they handled life on New Caprica. They were, they, they were bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've been <laughs> bad. True. I mean, they, they, if we, if we, if we try to, I think if you just try to visualize the amount of destruction that they've wrought upon humanity, it's, it becomes almost impossible to understand. You know, this, this gets into a lot of this thinking today, which is, you know, the measuring the impact to people around us. And when you start to get into large numbers, people just tune it out because we can't wrap our heads around the idea of it. But even if we take Hiroshima or Nagasaki and we multiply those bombs by a hundredfold times 12 planets, I mean, we can't even begin to wrap our heads around the annihilation and the destruction that was, that, that was used against our entire race of humanity as far as Battlestar Galactica is concerned. And when totally. you're dying and you're sick and you feel terrible, I almost feel like you'll say anything um, to to say, "Well, we're going this place to in, to to Earth. We're going for a new beginning. Where this is what we're trying to do." And it's it's almost like, "Well, wait a second. What 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 would be the problem when you get into negotiating in this situation? Is what would be how would you trust the negotiations to not backfire? They broke their armistice and nuked out all our planets." Then it would be like, how do we know you're even going to like, what if, what if it was, okay, you go that way, we'll go to earth. They're like, okay, sure. And then back they come again. We don't like, we, it's, it's, well, I think, it's tough. I, it's tough to say the way they would work. Right. Well, I think, like I said, your big bargaining chip there, you could even come to the negotiation table with, all right, so that virus that has affected you and you now see its effects, you now know that it could spread through your fleet. We have that and we can deploy that against you at any time now. So... Let us peaceably part ways. We will never fucking interact ever again. You go to your corner of the universe. We're going to go to our corner of the universe. We're going to fucking leave each other alone. You ever show up again, we're going to be deploying that virus, and it's going to infect your entire fleet and kill your entire civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I would say, now, another like a, a dynamic change, if the, if the humans had ha- knowingly had this virus and had engineered it, which you know we find out at the end of the episode, it's something ancient. Uh, and sure. It's not anything that modern humans had come up with. But if this was like an actual weapon in uh, humanity's toolkit when the attack by the Cylons started, I would have no moral qualm with as soon as they start nuking your planet, you deploy this. And even if it does mean the extinction of their race, they've initiated it. They've initiated the conflict. The only reason I even have a kind of more middle ground stance now of like, well – Maybe we can take this in a different direction is because it seems like the Cylons have disengaged. And I always, I always just morally lean towards it. If there is a way to stop killing of any side and we can pull apart the war and just get away from one another and back off peacefully, then that's what you'd want to try and aim for. Um, because also there's still the possibility, and I think uh, – who brought it up in the chat? I think it was Rotten, Rotten Figure in the chat. Uh, I got the impression that Cylons slash Colonials felt the virus would spread throughout their entire race but hadn't considered the option that it might only affect one fleet. Um, so there's the possibility there that you deploy this virus and it doesn't quite work the way you thought. Maybe it does affect a, a, you know, a fleet and take out like a base star or two. But then the Cylons, ooh, hey, they do figure out a way to contain it. And now you just have – 
even more fully vengeful Cylons who a moment before were ready to kind of disengage, maybe go settle a, a planet somewhere and just work on their own civilization. Now they're back ratcheted up for war again and ready to annihilate you. Like, I mean, there is that always, there's always the ancient proverb of violence begets violence. Like if there's a way to disengage from it and just end things, I mean, cause I also think there is no way at this point that humans could peaceably live with the Cylons. Like the, it is genuinely asking too much of the fleet and the colonials, the civilians to be like, Hey, yeah, forget all of your family members and friends that were f- annihilated in nuclear chaos. Uh, and let's live with them now. Like that's too big of an ask. That's not going to happen. Um, but I think if, if there is a way to have another negotiation and say, we're going to go way the hell that way, you go way the hell that way. And we'll never interact again. And in the, our back pocket is this virus. They'll just leave us alone. If you could finally, if you could some way press that point, that's what I'd be wanting to go for. I personally think that your heart would get you all of your people killed. <laughs> because you don't trust the silence at all. Well, yeah, man. Number one, I, I think I, I think you're being I, I think you're being very generous and I think you're being very you're being very Christian, I want to say this. <laughs> you're being very, very forgiving. And I, and I can understand that. I don't think you're a bad person for your idea. I, I like I like I like that you're bringing up stuff I never considered. It's good. Um, I I feel like this. If the Cylons were attempting to disengage, how come we're not hearing about it until we have them by the balls? That's a decent point, right? If they wanted to start even a détente, as it were, or a ceasefire, why didn't they reach out to us already? Suddenly they uh, they want to quit when we have them by the balls and they're all sick and dying and we have a cure. I mean, that's Cylon treachery 101 to me. <laughs> right. And then, and then, and then I think, I think it's, it's a, it's a gross underestimation of the Cylon's ability to not figure out a way around this virus in five weeks, five years, 10 years, 20 years, and be mounting up this massive fucking giant force on the other side of the galaxy, and they're going to come right back, just like they did 40 years later, and be like, we're mm-hmm. back again, you idiots. Why didn't you kill us? Oh, yeah. Right? It so is I, true. So it sucks. You know, I, I feel like it's a, it's a tough spot. I don't know if one is morally... I don't know if there's one being... I don't know if one's more noble than the other. I'm not saying you're wrong and I'm right, or I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I feel like the Cylons, I, I feel like we are dealing, because we say genocide, we say race, which is means something, but I also think we're saying the enemy combatants. Yeah, We have a way to defeat the enemy combatants with a virus. Um, the show does kind of fuck up a little bit here. I, I think it's not being entirely, it, it's... I think there's a couple of writing holes and a couple of story uh, conveniences in this episode that makes this discussion a little less honest than it should have been on the show because they breeze by some of this heavy shit we're getting into, which is unfortunate. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. Um, But I I just feel like we're dealing with all enemy combatants here and and Athena's the the exception. Because- Yeah, you know what? To be honest, I was going to say real quick, this is one of the first episodes in a while- where as much as I like the stuff with Gaius and Deanna and and Six, I almost wish that were saved for a different episode and we got a longer focus on this particular situation with the virus and the captives and, and Galactica. 
uh, I feel like I feel like that's where they should have. We shouldn't have left that. It should have been a focus uh, entirely around those people in that situation. Gotcha. Yeah, that's not a that's not a bad call, sir. Um, so yeah, it's 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 crazy to think about, and maybe maybe um, as we talk through the scenes, maybe our opinions will change, or or we'll think of things a little bit differently, or at least we'll digest what each other's points are here and what the points the episode are trying to make. But I almost feel like some of the stuff left out that are, is important that we'll see as we go through this episode are things like, well, if it transmits to one resurrection ship and wipes out the whole fleet with a virus, does that fleet infect the next fleet and inf- infect the next fleet? I, I think the answer is yes, if we're going off of the heaviness of what they're saying in the episode, which is what Apollo puts forth, which Rosin says, wow, which Adama says, oh man, this is, this is genocide, you know, but this is what we're doing here. I, I think, because in our live chat here on YouTube, some of the guys are saying, oh, maybe it's just going to tag that fleet and kind of stop there. If, if there was another group of peaceably living Cylons on another planet with their own civilization and they splintered off from the main group, would they, they wouldn't be infected. I don't know. I think, I think the episode wants us to believe that they, would have, that they would somehow magically, through science fiction technology, all be affected. Um, I think that's what the episode is trying to say. Did you get that same impression, Matt? Uh, I mean, wait, no, say that again. I'm a little confused. <laughs> I can't say all that again, but, well, but in the chat, some of the guys are just saying, oh, um, maybe it will only affect the, affect the one fleet, but I don't know if, I think that, I think it makes sense what they're saying in the chat, like Elzar saying it might not affect a peaceable colony because they're not being downloaded over there. But I right. think we're supposed to understand through science fiction magic that it is genocide <laughs> and that it will affect all of the Cylons, right? Right, right. That's, that's to the human's knowledge, that's the, their best intel, that, all right, this, this looks like it infects everything. And the Cylons seem worried about that effect as well. Um, but, that, but that was honestly one of the other like, hitch points I was worried about, of the idea that they, you do deploy this virus, and it does take out a fleet, but then, like I was saying, maybe the Cylons do figure out some way to at least contain the virus. And now, once they've deployed their five infected, you're not going to get five more infected more than likely. Uh, and now they have a way to contain it, and now they're real fucking bonered up for a constant war against you again, which is another way it could backfire. Right, yeah. And, and you could also say, and, and then, like I said earlier, that, that, that same logic you could apply to, well, we'll go our way, you go our way, and we'll hang the virus over your head as a threat. I mean, I... It's, it's tough because they've never showed any type of honesty whatsoever. And right. if you're going right. to meet at the table with them and have a discussion and have an armistice, they, they, there was an armistice station set up in the beginning for 40 years. They never showed exactly. up. You know, they just mm-hmm. never came to talk. And I think, I, I also don't know if you're dealing with a wonderful diplomat, and no matter what, no situation's perfect, but to dangle a threat of annihilation over their head is just going to make them go, okay, how do we get around this virus? Mm, it's true. You know what I mean? We have to figure it out. Yeah. They're not going to say, oh my God, the, they have this sort of Damocles over our heads, Cylon brothers and sisters. Let's let's go away. But I think we're also making a lot of assumptions. You're assuming maybe they do want peace and they want a new start. I'm assuming that they're probably fucking liars and they're just trying to buy themselves time because that's what I've seen. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then at the, so at the end of the day, the only final answer to that is total annihilation of them. For for me, that's the answer, but I don't know, only because I have the solution in my hand. Um, But I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's the right answer. I just know that this this 
entire race has made a decision to wage war on us. And, yeah. and they're all part of the war effort consciously almost outside of the machines themselves. Let me ask you this. If there weren't skin jobs, would you consider it? Uh, to be honest, I'd be more likely to consider it because I, I feel like what I remember even the Cylons saying about the toasters and the raiders is that they are not like self-aware and sentient. They are genuinely just like advanced robots. But you're are, going off of information provided to you by skin jobs. The colonial fleet doesn't know that. That's true. That's true. Now, so, if you're the colonial fleet and you're having to make the if assumption. You, no, no, no. If you are, Matthew Anderson, yeah. the colonial fleet commander, and there are no skin jobs or or – or you tear apart their flesh and there's metal underneath. Do you see what I'm saying? I guess what I'm trying to get at is the heart of the matter. Is it because we do see a humanity, at least an appearance in them, and a see, biology? For me, it's, it's not the humanity. Like, I would even argue that if a computer, like, this is kind of impossible, but, like, if a desktop computer all of a sudden became self-aware and sentient and had a mind and could understand that it, it existed and it was a presence, then I would argue that it is immoral to destroy it. Like, it doesn't matter that it's not a person or as a form of humanity, but once something is self-aware and realizes its own existence and has a desire to continue to exist, I think it is immediately then wrong to terminate it. I like that. That's very Jean-Luc Picard of you. Now, let's suppose these desktop computers all started to kill their owners. (laughs) Would you introduce a virus to annihilate these towers? These beautiful gaming I, rigs. Uh, my <laughs> my alienware. Or, Why? Or 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 would you hope to communicate with them and say, "Stop killing everyone that walks in the rooms, computers." Why are you doing this? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would try that first, and if that didn't work, well, on to on to office space computer genocide. It is sure. I mean, it's it's not a perfect example because. The, compu- right. let's, the computers aren't mobile. What if they were following you to work? What if they were in the streets rounding you up? You know what I mean? Wow, I really like this image that we've created, not of robots attacking us, but like a, a desktop, desktop on a like tower. gurney, just like rickety, like <laughs> just like rolling down the street with like a gun attached to like a retractable arm, just like murder, murder, kill humans. <laughs> but then when you kick over its gurney and it falls on the ground, it's like, I do not wish to die. <laughs> Could you please upgrade my GPU processor? Have mercy. Please install Windows updates. <laughs> Play Apex Legends. I'll be nice. <laughs> I swear, this time I won't kill you. <laughs> Scott, be cool, Scott. Come on. Oh, fuck that. Is I totally f- didn't mean it, bro. Dude, that is funny, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, for me, it is it, the, the true heart of the issue is once, once there is a genuine understanding that these are an a sentient being. I feel like that really is for me the term that matters the most. Like you take humanity and and the association of, you know, the value of life with being organic human born creatures. Take all that out and just be like this is a sentient thing that understands it's alive and does not wish to die. Now it is a moral problem from that point on. Mm-hmm. Right. Again. So that's why I'm still just, ooh, by by definition, just uncomfortable with the idea of a total, uncompromising, it's, unflinching genocide. I'm like, damn, that's yeah, fucking yeah. harsh. It's definitely, it's definitely not comfortable. I can I can agree with that for sure. Um, I mean, like that scene we, we get right when the uh, at the beginning of the episode when they board the ship. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty hard to be like, ah, look at these dumb soulless computers praying, <laughs> praying that they, you know, giving their each other their, their final rights. Ah, how stupid of them. Like, it's like, oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I hear you. What if they were, ro- again, I think we're doing a lot of, um, 
<laughs> we're doing a lot of dancing, but a lot of fencing, as it were. Gentle fencing, huh, huh. gentle sparring, nothing too vicious yet. Um, again, if they look like C-3PO, I almost feel like we would feel differently about it. I think that there is a, their design mechanism was made to engender feelings in us, right? Yeah, that is true. To if, infiltrate if, us. If they look like IG-88, what, what would we be saying? Fuck yeah. Wipe out, all, if they're all IG-88, if they're all complicit in trying to destroy us, and suddenly we get the upper hand and now they're crying about it. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, man. That's enough. There's no easy answer to this. No. Not one. I, uh, I bug, I, I fucking zap them. <laughs> Dean zaps them. I zap them. Yep. Sorry, yeah. Cylons. No offense, but. There we go. I don't know. I mean, for me, like, I, I definitely see your point about, like, this just utter Cylon duplicity, how it's like we've never been able to trust them. Um, but I do feel like the power of having the upper hand is that now you control the situation and, and the, the you, you could decide, hey, or you can, you can basically decide to offer something or not. Like, you're the one who can now press that leverage. Uh, and I'm like, to be honest, ha- have, have the humans had any leverage over the Cylons up until now? Like, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, that's such, such a big opportunity as well of like, maybe, maybe you know, all you come away with from a negotiation is that they are just like, fuck you. Like, we're not going to capitulate to this threat. You know, we're not going to do that. And you're like, okay. And then you, you back, back to war and we'll find a way to deploy this virus maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There, there's just a, my, my instinct is still to go, all right, can we use this in our favor to get something out of them or to at least make them communicate with us. Sure. Yeah, I, I hear you. My, my concern in that case is just losing the upper hand. I think, again, hey, real quick, not a, uh, not a general, not a, uh, <laughs> not a leader of combat troops, but I feel like surprise is very important. And um, it's true. I think it's a fleeting, I think it's a fleeting thing against an enemy that has technology that's greater than yours. And um, I'm kind of like a strike while the iron's hot guy. And it's possible, it's very possible that someday I say I made a mistake. And, um, and even though I ended this war and did what I did and accepted responsibility for the order that um, we killed all these innocent people that we didn't even know were part of their civilization. We didn't even know that. Uh, that's a possibility. Maybe, you know, I, I put on my uniform and put on my nice white gloves and I fucking blow my brains out. Maybe through guilt, but at the end of the day, you salute the mirror and just yep, fucking absolutely. Write the mouth. That's right. But at the end of the day, maybe at least I know that there's some level of of humanity will endure because of a decision, a hard decision that I was willing to make at the time. Um, and that's yeah. not to say I'm a martyr, but <laughs> or or even that I would do it. But I feel like it is a situation where it's a little different than saying. I can snap my finger and everyone in X country could die because now I'm yeah. dealing with a bunch of unrelated people to this mess. And if we had any intelligence, I, I would hesitate. Let me just make it clear. I would hesitate if I had any intelligence that showed me that they had a peaceable way about them somewhere and that there was a bunch of Cylons on some other planet elsewhere living peaceably who wanted nothing to do with this war effort. But I haven't seen that yet. I've just seen machines that have propagated themselves and, and, and evolved and made a decision to attempt to annihilate us. And then after that, they attempted to lord over us in these weird-ass fucking, <laughs> like, occupation where we were living in squalor. And um, 
you know, doing terrible things to us, plucking our eyeballs out and shit. And, <laughs> and See, you know, that, that to me comes back to another, like what you're talking about earlier, like unasked questions. I feel like they kept these silence alive. You know, I think it was even uh, Hilo who makes the point of like, well, we shouldn't just execute them. We can actually get information from them. And then Adama agreed and was like, yeah, let's, that's right. Let's take them aboard. And I'm like, damn, you should have asked them a lot more questions, <laughs> like a lot more of like current, like what is the current Cylon agenda? Where are you guys headed? What are you doing? Like press them on all of these things. This is some of the stuff I was getting back to earlier when I said I, I, I think the episode has a, a, bit of a, a bit of a gross misuse of, you know, I don't know, just there should have been moments where they were asking tougher questions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of starts here, but as we're as we are talking about this, sir, as we're as we're getting getting after it here, um, with good combo good conversation in English, um, <laughs> why don't we uh why don't we why don't we talk about it a little bit? Yeah, where do you want to dive in? Right here. So they find him. What a fucking yeah. sight this must be, huh? Oh yeah. Bunch of sickly, sloppy, sweaty, dying Cylons it's all fucking, over the floor. It's so gross, man. And dude, I gotta say, I was I I got super nervous the second I was watching uh, Sharon walk in without a helmet or anything on her suit. I'm like, I know, oh, fuck. I know, oh, fuck. You're a Cylon, like this. You are so vulnerable to this. Holy shit! And they have no idea. All the humans are worried, uh, but not knowing that they're fine, it's gonna be her. And dude, when she plunges her hand down to that gooey like control board, I was Oof. like, oh, you're fucked. You're fucked. Like you just got infected. I'm sure of it. I was so worried about her in this episode, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, makes sense. It's uh, it's it's a legitimate concern, my friend. A legitimate concern, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you, man. It was a. Uh, it was a uh, cool. I liked the green shit. I thought that oh, looked yeah. awesome. Um, Gnarly man, just just fucking awesome. So good. And hey, you know another thing I love about this episode? It's been a little bit. A lot of Doc Coddle. Whole lot of Doc Coddle this episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you once we go medical stuff, once we go quarantine, they uh, they have to get Doc Coddle involved. And yeah, like you said, always good to see the man. Love Doc oh, yeah. Coddle. Think he fucking rules. So so good. <clears throat> and I mean, yeah, they they get this intel back. You know, we see, once we uh, gather up the Cylon dying Cylon that are still alive. With a very squirrely Doral, by the way. Boy, boy, howdy. <laughs> boy, mm. howdy. When a resurrection ship isn't going to come, <laughs> does he start to get some existential dread? Cocky little bastard. Mm, um, too funny. But they haul, they haul him away, and we're back on the CIC. Like we said, Doc Coddle, and he's talking about basically that, yeah, let's bring them on board. I want to see these Cylons so we can see the, what the progression of the disease even looks like. And they know at this point that it's from a probe that they had pulled on board, but even, you know, the the humans don't know about what this probe is yet. Right. Absolutely. Good stuff. And he uh, he kind of breaks it down for us. He says, um, they discuss the quarantine procedures. He, he says he needs to know the source of the pathogen. He says, once a Cylon dies, we'll know how much time our people have. I love that cold application of logic there. Yeah, man. It's you, crazy. You need it from Doc Cottle here. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just good. And as Apollo and company are flying away from the base star, it explodes. This is a great moment. Dude. Yeah. What does this um, tell you? They what, what did were you think trying, about this? Um, honestly, I, I, at first I was confused. I was like, was that something that was like, it finally got triggered and that was just like a, a, an automatic 
mechanism of self-destruction after a certain you know amount of time or this or that, or were one of the dying Cylons trying to blow it up the second humans boarded it? I don't know. Mm. But that or, seems very Cylon of me to have automatic self-destruction in some way of like never let the humans have anything. Yeah, it, 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 it certainly begs the question what happened here, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, why, why would this happen? Why, why would it explode? The way he looks at Sharon, <laughs> what's that make you feel? Like, wait a minute. What do you know about this? Yeah, man, uh, for sure. And at the, at the same time, Sharon, you know, it's a, it's a quick thing. It is not talked about much in this episode. And I imagine either it's not going to come back at all and we're just going to move on or it's going to come back in a very big way. But when she sticks her hand into that control thing, she, she talks briefly about, oh, you know, I've gotten some of the, the data. A lot of the data has, you know, yep. been corroded and malfunctioning, but she got the data. But there's a part of me that wonders if she was involved in the destruction of that mm, thing. Makes me wonder too, Mr. Anderson. She did plug her hand in there. Mm. I, By the way, I love the GUI bio interface. Totally. How totally. cool is that? That's such a cool science fiction touch. Just right. this, it, could have all, it could have been just a little bit cooler if instead she had dipped her, like, you know, her, her, her hair into it and tied into her hair and then like a flying dragon, you know, comes out, you tie their hair together, you fuck. Oh, boy. You know, that's good technology too. Come on, James Cameron? Well, anyone? You've, you've ruined my night. <laughs> just, just want you to know that you've ruined my evening. How does that make ah, you feel? Delicious, <laughs> empowered, and invigorated. <laughs> you're, you're basically like Twitter. You're like yes, yeah, exactly. Ah, I've drugged someone down. <laughs> I am larger now. <laughs> Too funny. Oh shit! But yeah, uh, let's let's get to the uh, let's get to the Gaia stuff. Gaius lying uh, lying on his opium din <laughs> chaise lounge. <laughs> uh, whoa, it's me. <laughs> Naked. Awesome. Uh, DNN6 asks Gaius how long he was going to betray them. He finds the question odd, yeah, and we they're very serious. Last time. I, I, love, oh, I yeah. love how he's like, wait, what? This is vintage Gaius here. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, you, you can't be serious. You're joking, of course. Um, they bring up the beacon. They accuse him of knowing. He says he didn't know, but he, but they fire questions at him, right? How good is Trisha Helfa here? I love that we see the betrayal on her face. She feels hurt. Totally. We can tell it's, it's a great way to mark the scene because we don't know what she's thinking. We don't know what preceded this. We don't know what kind of conversation they had, right? We, we have no idea. All we know is what they say and what their expressions are on their faces. And I fucking right. love that. I think it's great. But she has such a look of horror on her face. And uh, it's just great. It makes us go, whoa, she feels a little bit differently about this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she looks very hurt by the whole thing. Yeah, it's um, really cool. I love it. And, you know, I like what, what sinks him is the lie that we talked about. Like, he's obviously, you know, we know that he's not lying about creating the virus or, or sending them to it. He really didn't know about that. But he didn't tell them that he saw this man-made beacon on board, which very likely carried the virus. And now we know it did. So once they realize that, that this is something man-made and that he just so happened to put them right there, you know, like we hear from Deanna later, she's like, nothing is a coincidence. That is too <laughs> convenient. That makes too much sense. You must be lying. Dude. Um, because he, he told one small lie, which makes it look like he told a larger lie. Yep, of course. I love this. I love, <laughs> 
I love that we have the duplicity of Gaius and then we have possibly the duplicity of the Cylons, which we've seen from both in this. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's right? why they. Maybe that's why they get along with Gaius in a lot of weird ways, or that, or that six likes him so much. He's just so duplicitous, like them. <laughs> yeah, you're just like us. <laughs> you're just a skeevy, intelligent liar, aren't you? Um, was a uh, virus created by Galactica? Have you been in contact with them? Did you plan this before the evacuation? And Gaius is like, this is a profound misunderstanding. Basically, he admits to discovering it, like you said. And then he says, look, I have a theory as to where the beacon may, and that's when the bucket heads enter the room, or bullet heads, and um, mm-hmm. three and six apologize, and they just say, well, we think you know, and we're going to find out. It's time to get the And the Cylons enter out. the room, and man, that is a scary, that is a fucking scary <sighs> prospect, dude. Dude, I like how it reminds us just how big those fucking things are. Like, you are not going to manhandle your way out of being taken away by toasters. Yeah, you, you can't win that. That's not no, that's not a no fight way. you're gonna win, especially of all people, not Gaius, dude. Not Gaius. <laughs> oh please. <laughs> no, don't torture me. That would be terrible. Um <laughs> what do you think of the fucking torture stuff, man? Dude, to be honest, that's that's what's so I guess frustrating about it for me is that I actually really like this whole sequence. I like this whole scene. I like how it ends up uh, in this strange kind of mind game, almost meditation that Six is trying to get him into. I think it's all great, but I just go, ah, this episode feels a little overloaded. I wanted more focus on the Galactica, more getting mm. in depth with those questions. But to not to not get into that and to just talk about this, I do really like it. I like, boy, how. How That's a really harsh. good point. I, I, you know, I, I hadn't put thought. I had my my thoughts have been swirling around in my head because I've been really grappling with the ethical implications of the decisions made Same. in this episode, yeah. which is the most compelling aspect of it. Exactly, That's but, the strongest stuff. But yeah. this underlying part, it's almost like God. Too bad because this is awesome, and I wish. Right? And, and it and it almost seems out of place in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, even though Gaius is being tortured because of supposed knowledge he might have about the, the device and the virus, the, the torture and what they're, what they're doing to him and him now almost forming a newer, deeper bond with Six is a very separate thing from what's happening at Galactica. They're not all that interrelated. Mm. Um, and I'm That's just like, ah, each of them is so strong and interesting that I almost don't want to try and balance them. I'm like, just give each of them their own time. Mm. Uh, I like it. But... But at the same time, I, like I said, I do really like this. And boy, how, how harsh is it for Six to be essentially using this opportunity? In, in a way, I think she is trying to do him an actual favor and uh, honestly kind of almost like a Cylon psychological technique of distancing yourself from this, projecting yourself into a different reality. And she's like almost like teaching him that. But at the same time, she's also using that in a very manipulative way. Uh, she is, you know, she's distracting him, pulling him away from the torture. But boy, howdy, is she sure also getting him back into her grip of, I love you. I love you with all my heart. I am supplicant to you. Mm, interesting. All this dialogue is pretty fascinating, isn't it? Oh, yeah. When I mean, it how, comes how she's to talking. The- yeah. About the, yeah, like the pain, you know, it's pain and pleasure. It's all just neuro senses in being sent to your brain from your body. You don't have to interpret it as pain. This is something you can, can like, I guess, wage control over. Right, right. And uh, that, this, this kind of, I, I, I guess, I, I mean, I know we come back to Gaius, but I almost feel like 
do you want to just wrap the Gaius stuff now? Because there's only one yeah. more scene with Gaius, and, and you're almost already kind of going there. Right, right. Yeah, I think we, I think we could just do that. Right, yeah, it probably makes sense. So, because we have all this intervening stuff between now and then um, with um, him and Six. So, I say, let's dive in. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Deanna's got her old, like, torture DJ pad out. Hooked it on up to, to Gaius. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was expecting fucking Kanye West to come out there and start playing Runaway on the thing. Guys, <laughs> 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 just now I want, some, now I want somebody to, to cut records. <laughs> I want somebody to cut records <laughs> with the sound of dude, torture. Dude, you know, you know, DJ Taylor Galloway would love to cut a record of the sounds of Gaius Baltar's torture. Dude, TJ Calloway would love that shit. <laughs> I couldn't get enough. <laughs> the new <laughs> hottest. <laughs> That'd be the a- hottest club banger of the summer. <laughs> Baltar's screams of agony. Outstanding. I love it. Um, but based on the torture we're seeing, I may actually submit to it. <laughs> right? I mean, if you're going to tell me that Trisha Helfer and Xena are going to torture me to to like Hellraiser <laughs> levels of ecstasy, I mean, I might be game. I don't know. I, I would have one question. Are you going to torture me to completion? <laughs> Do I have to finish myself? Do I, I need to just know for my own sake. I mean, I mean, we're going all the way with this, ladies. I'm a very Britishian. <laughs> Proper man. I just want to know what to expect. That's all. That's all. No assumptions here. No, no, no. I knew nothing about it. No, of course. But but you should torture me because perhaps I don't know. Quickly. Are each of you on the pill? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would make them. It'll make my commander's decision to eradicate your entire race much easier if you are. <laughs> Jesus. I carumba. Well, I guess that's what that's what happens. <laughs> I, I don't. I wasn't really paying that close of attention, but I want to talk about some of the dialogue here. As much as I'm being a, a jackass about this whole thing, right? Let right. Me, but let no, me I mean, bust out my notes. Here we go. <sighs> Here's what we have: uh, guys on the beach, sexy red dress, and um, it's basically guys is clearly in pain. She tells him the pain is all in his head. She says that the pain it can be pleasant. It's a matter of interpretation. I like all this. Oh, yeah. um, what are we watching? Fucking Hellraiser? And then, exactly. um, yeah. Hard cut, guys screaming in a rather sterile torture room. Uh, quite Ooh, science yeah. fiction looking, which I dig. He screams. And they sound pretty horrific. Good acting out of Mr. Callis here. Oh, yeah. And uh, Six steps back and leaves the torture to three, essentially. And that's when, um, you know, I want to stop guys. I don't want to feel this pain. But then when we come back to it, there's some pretty wild dialogue. He's getting the pain dialed up on the DJ torture machine and head six says she can help him through the pain. Basically. She, she says, says yeah, go ahead. Leave, no, go ahead. Leave your mind with her and your body with me. You can separate them. Mm-hmm. Like the, the pleasure, the sensation of your body you can give to me and you can give just your reason, just your intellect to her. Be a scientist with Deanna. <laughs> I, I love when she's like, she tries to walk him through it. Right. She, and she just says, Sometimes when you make love to me, Gaius, your mind wanders. You're doing equations. And he's like, I'm trying not to come. <laughs> what do you expect? Just, I don't even just like. trying not to bust. I don't even like Pyramid Ball. I'm just trying not to bust. I want it to last as long as possible. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's you. I mean, I look don't at want you. want to be a one-pump chum. 
don't be so ridiculous. Just look at yourself in a mirror for five minutes. <laughs> Try to understand my perspective for just a moment. Uh, <laughs> see, that really, you know what, just to go on a very quick side tangent, that truly is the great misunderstanding between men and women, that women are always trying to orgasm, and men are constantly <laughs> trying not to <laughs> orgasm. That's the real battle that we're always fighting. Uh, that, that we just, so that's what they meant in that goofy book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. <laughs> <laughs> women are thinking of their hottest fantasy and we're like dead kittens dead kittens old nuns diarrhea jesus christ anything anything not to bust <laughs> yikes yikes dude yeah that's basically what happens <laughs> this is the truth come to this podcast for the truth okay it's the truth yeah he he, he only knows the uh <laughs> he only knows the stats on account of trying not to bust inside of six. That's funny. <laughs> and I mean, if you do, she's a Cylon, and she'll just rip your head off with her superhuman strength. <laughs> really can't fuck that up. Yeah, you can. That's a no-brainer, dudes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it better go on my belly, Gaius. Yep. Oh, boy. Well. Well. <laughs> back um, on target. Let's, let's talk about the dialogue here at the end of this. Yeah. To um, examine her faith. I am a scientist. As a scientist, I believe that if God exists, our knowledge of him is imperfect because the stories we have of him are the products of men. The passage of time, that religion is based on a theory, but you still with absolutes like there is no such thing as coincidence. Absolute belief in God's will means that there's a reason for everything, but you can't help but ask yourself how God can allow death and suffering, and then you despise yourself for asking. But if we knew God's will, then we'd all be God's. You're frustrated. You're conflicted. Let me help you change to reconcile your faith with fact to find a way towards a rational universe. Whoa. Yeah, man. Break this gobbledygook down for me. Boy, oh boy. Uh, I mean, for one, I really like <clears throat> Gaius confronting them with essentially the question of faith. That, that's, that really is the heart of faith right there, that you, you look past all of these questions and believe despite them. Um, and in an interesting way, it's like he's trying to get her to just question that, to question her faith. Why? Uh, and what that, what that means. Yeah, well, dude, to be honest, I, I was all over the place as I was watching it. But when the scene ends, when it ends, what, you know, basically Six is telling him, like, really look at her, look at her as a scientist. What is it that she, you know, examine her? What does she want? And when she's getting him to say, I love you, I love you, he's saying it to Deanna. And Deanna seems like mm. that's what she wanted. Mm. It is, it's, it's a wild whoa. moment in the episode for sure. I it love the way really it, it really is. Um, it is, if, if, if I may, I remember when I first saw this, I thought to myself, boy, what is this, what does this remind me of? Like what, 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 what is this? What bears striking similarities to this? Right? Mm, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll offer a couple of my own thoughts on this. And this was stuff I, I, I just remember talking, might have been to my brother about this a long time ago when we were first watching this. At one point he says, I want you to believe in me, right? Yeah. And then he says, I love you with all of my heart. I wrote down in my notes today, quote, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Mm. But what is that... How does that apply to Gaius? Is Gaius their messianic figure now? 
I don't know what he is, but the way he's talking, the way this is going down, this incredible torture, this you're 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 gonna endure this pain and then to be recovered from that pain on this gurney and say, I love you with all to of me, my heart to her the only to three. The, right. The only thing I and can do. And to I all that gobbledygook he just said, yeah. right? I, I I mean, this is very important. This line right here. Let me help you change. Right to reconcile your faith with fact to find a way towards rational. What is he saying? I mean, it sounds like he's in a way by the very end professing his belief in their God. I can ah, almost see Deanna thinking that. I but at the same it. time, I I sit here go going. Does wait? Does Deanna? It seems so intimate. It almost seems like Deanna wanted to hear that he's in love with her. Told that's what's throwing me. That's what's like mm, where I'm like, wait, wait, fuck. What do you want? But yeah. at the same time, it also, the way he says, I believe in you, and not using that colonial human speak of gods and, and plural gods, that I believe in you, this singular idea, um, that it almost sounds like he's expressing faith in monotheism. It's fascinating. Oh, it's and we know that Six has always been after him about that stuff. Indeed. Right. Well, our lads get cleared by Coddle. Humans are immune. They're all good. Go on, I got a cigar for each of you. <laughs> Anybody want to smoke? <laughs> I could use a smoke. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for cigarettes. Yep. So, okay, I, my notes are a little out of order here, so bear with me. So, guys, 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 Galactica, Apollo crew are, are hanging out in quarantine. They get the good news, right? Athena, however, is not cleared to leave, and Doc orders, uh, Coddle orders her to stay. Doc Coddle orders. Boy, that's a mouth twister. Doc, Doc Coddle orders. Doc Coddle orders. <laughs> Doc Coddle orders. Um, her to stay put. And Coddle tells Hilo he hasn't done her blood work yet. And Hilo basically cries human privilege. <laughs> right on. You know what, Hilo? Hilo, go on Twitter. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, actually, what bugged me the most about it is that like eight seconds before this, Coddle's like, humans are immune. Everything's fine. You guys can go. And I'm like, dude, hey, Hilo, you can cross the line and go give her a hug and a smooch. Like, you're immune. You don't have to treat her like she has the plague. Like, he like whispers from that. Yeah, right? He's only got silence. He's not going to make a jump to you. Uh, but he's like on the other side of that little plastic curtain, like, you're going to be okay. It's all right. And then leaves. I'm like, dude, you can go <laughs> give her a hug. That's a really good point. I need to be thinking about that. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. <laughs> Maybe nobody told Hilo, which is also a dick move. More human privilege. Bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he has not done her blood work yet. He has not. Um, let me see. So... I'm a, little out of, I'm a little discombobbed. Sorry, baby. No, nah, that's all right. In the very the next scene, that's when Kato comes into the the Cylon you know, prisoner quarters and looks at Doral, and he's like, "He's the farthest gone. Take him." Yep, he that's wants right. To, to examine him and figure out what the the virus is doing to their body. <laughs> I guess what the virus is the end stage of it looks like. Oof, pretty gnarly. Fucking gnarly shit. Yeah, because he goes to tell them. He goes to tell the assembled, like basically what's going on, right? It's uh, your your main group here, Roslyn, Adama, right? Right. And Hilo. Yeah. And he's like, listen, that's what we're going to do. 
And he basically tells him that this was a human disease. You know, it has a a, a human equivalent, uh, but they had developed an immunity to it several hundred years ago. And he can actually develop a vaccine even that will dramatically reduce the the effects of the disease in the Cylons, but it does not cure them because they have a particular antibody in their blood that breaks down uh, the agent of that vaccine. So they would have to constantly just at regular intervals be receiving that vaccine to stay alive. Pretty wild. Yep. And that's when we get Lee being like, can I ask the ugly question here? Is there a reason we need to keep them alive? Right. Yeah, that, that almost becomes a question too. Would you, <laughs> in your, in your uh, moral stance from earlier when we were talking about this episode, how would you handle that? Would you, would you just say, fuck them, let them get the disease? Or would you actively Ugh. try to cure them of potentially uh, race-ending sickness? You see what I'm saying? Like, what if the decision right. wasn't to eradicate, not not to deliver the disease through military means, but but rather to eradicate the disease to save them from annihilation? Would you take that step? Mm. I mean, as mm. far as it goes with with the prisoners themselves, the ones on board the no, ship, no, not the prisoners. You know what I'm asking you? Do okay. So you're asking me if I, do I cure it or not? If I if I'm the humans here, if I have if you the have the ability, to- yeah, for sure. Do you give the virus? Do you give the ability? Do you say here, Cylons, here's our peace offering? No, I don't just know. God, I don't just out and out go, ah, here we go. No strings attached. Here's the, here's the cure. Hope everything's going great. You guys text us if you need anything. Like, no, I'm not going to just fucking hand it over. Um, but I, I, again, I would try to use that as a, a point of contact of something, you know, fuck, like you, maybe even you, you use the vaccine on one of the, uh, the Cylon prisoners to at least get them back to not dying uh, and maybe try to open up some kind of communication with like, look, we have prisoners, we have, you know, infected prisoners, but we have a way of slowing it down and we may be able to develop a cure. Let's talk. Got it. Which you, I guess you kind of said in the beginning anyway. Yeah. But um, no, I, the, the, weird, the question for the prisoners themselves, though, I would definitely want to give the vaccine to at least one of them because, again, it's not a cure yet. It's just a vaccine to keep them alive because I'd, I'd want to be fucking hammering with them with questions and also holding that over their head of like, hey, we just gave you that vaccine. That's going to keep you feeling okay again for a couple weeks or a couple days even, but we're not going to give you another one unless you start talking. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right. Um, I'm just trying to trip you up a little. I'm just trying to keep you on your toes. Make sure if you've got any holes in your game, I expose them so you can patch them up. All right. Fine. I waterboard them. Okay, Dean? Fine. I waterboard them all. <laughs> yes. Good. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, that's it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. No, no, no. Ultimate <laughs> power. Yeah, baby. Oh, Jesus. The best. Truly, this, fighting the Cylons has corrupted us to our core. <laughs> we did. We gave up a piece of our soul. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, we have Apollo asking him why to keep it alive, like you said. Um, he's not convinced, but Rosalind, you know, we're going to dangle it. We've got a little carrot dangle. And Simon offers okay. up information. And he says... If infected, everything, base ships, insurance, raiders, until we are abandoned by... Um, oh, he gives the info. If infected, everything, base ships, insurance, raiders, until we were abandoned by the other Cylon ships. He says they were abandoned because of fear of spreading the disease. Indeed. A corruption, I believe, is his words. A corruption of the... Uh, it corrupts how they, their, their brain works their on systems. viruses. It's pretty yeah. awesome, dude. 
basically it just destroys their immune system to where they can't fight it off at all. And they were they were mainly, you know, that this big Cylon concern is that they could not let them anywhere near a uh, resurrection ship because that would just – basically there's no way – it's an interesting conundrum for the Cylons themselves because the Cylons can't get close to them without getting infected and they can't even let them, you know, resurrect on a resurrection ship because even though it's a new body, the way Simon explains it, it's a bioelectric component that would travel with them when they resurrect. Like it stays, it stays within them. So it would immediately infect the resurrection ship and start spreading everywhere. So there really is seemingly no mm-hmm. way for the Cylons to approach infected, you know, other Cylons at all. Yeah. If one of us dies, like you said, it'll continue from resurrection ship to fleet. And then he says, uh, we were sent here to look for the Lion Nebula. Baltar said it would paint the way to Earth. Now, I would always assume Cylon, I, I obviously, I don't trust Baltar if I'm fucking Adama, of course not. But I also don't trust the Cylons more. And I assume duplicity here. Like, I I would wonder, what's the angle? Why would he tell us that? What what's there? Mm. What advantage is it for him to tell us? I always would think, what's the angle? Why would he offer that information? Just to to create dissension, (laughs) right? Right. You know what's so funny about this? I feel like our, at least in this episode, our positions on trusting Cylons or not has reversed a little bit. I feel like you're more hard on the Cylons right now. And I'm like, maybe maybe it's a slight possibility to trust them. Whereas in the past, I was like, you can't trust anything they do. What they give you, they give you bread, it's poison. Everything they do is poison. Um, But well, yeah, but in, in, in those cases, I wasn't really in a position to where I wanted to say anything, right? Of course. True. True. So I would just let you speculate. <laughs> right. Just, so what? what so, but well, it is interesting. What would you suppose is your reasoning for feeling like they're more trustworthy now than they were in the past? My, I mean, I guess my main reason, and it's not even a full. It's not even that like I trust them, but I, I think that they have become like battle weary, almost like like their morale has worn down. Because at the end of the day, even when they were on New Caprica, even there, there was that big daring attack and raid with a, you know, the Galactica coming back and the insurgents on the ground, it all worked out. And they, they disrupted the Cylon you know, communications and all these, this big attack plan worked. Still, at any given second, the Cylons could have just taken their base stars from orbit, fucking nuked the whole thing, killed everybody, and said, fuck it, we don't care. The rest of the ones we, the Cylons we kill on the ground are going to resurrect, and we're done. We're done here. We wipe our hands of humanity. We'll fucking kill them all. And they didn't. They, once no, it was no, no, all no, said no. and done. Not humanity. What? Not humanity. Because remember, Bill and a bunch of other people fled. Yes, but I'm, I'm saying like, they could still wipe out everybody who was there. Sure. Um, and I mean, and who would be left in the civilian fleet is just a bunch of civilian ships, essentially. I mean, I guess the Pegasus as well. What's it like to lick the boot heel of your overlords? <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, that's They're what like, I'm doing. They're like, oh, they I'm let us live in squalor. What? What? <laughs> it appears they, it appears they have good intentions now. That they've locked no, us in cages and they pull our eyes out. <laughs> they gingerly removed my fingernails, actually. Um, <laughs> but no, like I think the thing that stands out to me is that they could have just turned on their heels right then, gone straight back to pursuit of of you know the the Galactica and the rest of the fleet, and just taken all, all of the rest of the Cylon fleet and gone back to hunting them down relentlessly, back like they were in you know fucking episode two where they're uh, haunting them every thirty three minutes. I mm. mean, what's to stop them from doing that? 
but they didn't. Like they've always. Like, I feel like the important thing to remember is they always have that power. I think it's they always are capable of just launching that level of pursuit again and running them down relentlessly. But they they chose once they got defeated there to turn away and leave. Like that's that to me is still a shocking uh, change for the for the silence and not you know not to just be blindly trusted and everything's cool now. But that is a major shift from from season one where they were just doggedly on your ass trying to kill you every single night and day. Right, and I go. There's there's something here. There's a, there's a change. There's a change in their culture. There's a change in their morale. Something's shifted, and I want to identify it. Yeah, that's uh, you're willing to risk per- continued war for them for that curiosity. Continued war? Why would it be continued war? Because you could end it supposedly with a virus. Well, if- with with the virus, true. But right. I'm saying that's to me honest. That that's my point is that the Cylons also could have kept up a, a constant pursuit, and then they chose not to. So I'm like, well, we're kind of at in, this. In what, in what way? Just because they didn't kill everybody on New Caprica? No, I'm talking about once once the New Caprica escape happened, um, the Cylons could have chosen to start pursuing them again in space. How do we know they're but, not? What do you mean? Maybe they haven't headed, found them. Well, true, but I mean, they have been flying around now pretty unmolested, right? I mean, they haven't been It hasn't been that long, Cylons. though, right? No, that's true. But at the same it's, it's, time, like I think there's enough there's enough evidence here to say, okay, the silence after after New Caprica. I mean, how long has it been now? A couple weeks, I guess, two three weeks, maybe. Not that long. Like a like a month at most, probably not even. Um, and to be honest, I was fully expecting after that that we would get an episode or two of them still getting away from the silence almost. And I've almost found it strange. I, I guess we haven't really talked about it, but I've almost found it strange and interesting that like, huh, they haven't attacked them. Like, there hasn't been more battles. There haven't been more engagements with the, the Vipers and Raiders. Like they've, it's been kind of quiet. And we also, as the audience have that extra knowledge of where, what the silence are actually up to, which the humans of course don't know. Uh, but we know that they are off actually pursuing earth. But if I'm a Dama right here, I'm going, Hmm. Like why we just pulled off this huge attack on them and and rescued all of our people, you fucked up their whole you know new civilization down there and got away with it, and we are not being pursued. We're not being attacked right now. That's really fucking odd for the Cylons. I would Space say. is pretty big. I mean that's true. You know it's not I don't know. just because they haven't found. Well let's 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 take a look. Let's look at the <laughs> battle star. Gal- no, you don't. Don't yeah. Don't look at it. Galactica. No, me not I'm, me. No, yeah. Timeline. I'm just going to look at it quietly over here. Timeline. RDM. Let's see. Um, that's a little too far. I don't want to read that, do I? Um, well, this isn't going to tell us much. Um, um, Return of the Cylons. This is going to be a bit too exhausting to go through right now. But I'm almost positive. Maybe somebody in the chat can do it. I'm almost positive we're talking about a very short amount of time. Right, right. I mean, even in warfare, there could be a couple of weeks between attacks, and that's like on one planet, let alone finding people flying around in the galaxy. Because it's news to all of them when they're like, oh, you, you want to just go to Earth now? That's that's your plan? Because right. you've lost the people. Like, that's... If if I'm... It would make sense. If I'm if I'm thinking about this strategically from Adama's standpoint, my curiosity isn't like, oh, why? Like, like you're saying, my curiosity would be, okay, we escaped, we fucking smashed them, we got out of there, and now they're going where they assume we're going, Earth. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a decent point too. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like a, it, it, it's not like, oh, maybe they're, maybe they're there because they want to be friends again. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't me assume that. Uh, no, I know. I know. I don't mean to mischaracterize you. I'm just saying like, it's, it's conceivable based on the timeline that they just, they just got away. Hadn't had time to. Yeah. yeah. It's not quite there. I mean, yet. yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a problem too. Like, you know, if it's been five days <laughs> or like a week and a half, then yeah, like it might just be always a question of they haven't had time to rally yet. And as soon as they do, they're going to attack us again. Um, but then I still like, for me, it's just such a big shift from the amount of aggression they've been receiving from the silence before. Like if this has been a month and there's been no attacks, I would just find that so striking. I'd be like, it, it might even just have me questioning like, are their resources depleted? Is something wrong? Like they might have something on their own end that's fucking them up. And you know, it's like good there. Maybe there's a different, a- exactly. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm like, maybe that's correct. Totally. And I'm saying there's an aspect that you might not know about that you could exploit that. It's like, maybe we should start sniffing around them. See what's fucking going on. Like, yeah. Dump like a virus on them. We can press. Dump a virus on them while they're reeling. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's there. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good discussion. I like it. I appreciate your counterpoints. Appreciate you. So let's appreciate you. Appreciate you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, let's talk about the plan. I know we've spent most of the podcast kind of discussing the plan, right? <laughs> In a lot of ways, yeah. Which is awesome because that's the meat of the episode. The oh, idea yeah. of the plan. And Apollo, I love the laughter. <laughs> Adama, what the hell so funny? I love it. He's not thrilled. No. <laughs> and he just says, then, we're going to yeah. jump in. That we know the silence uses a supply line. We stay there exposed. Looks like we're spoiling for a fight. They send a fleet. By the way, there's your evidence. They send a fleet. Mm-hmm. They're not there to talk to you. They, I mean, <laughs> there's true. a fight. They start fighting. So that's, it's not like there's a, a peace plan enacted. Um, there will be a resurrection ship. Once there, we will execute prisoners. We bug out. Executed prisoners downloaded in the resurrection ship and with them the virus. The Cylons are sure of it. They uh, left their wounded out there to die. Once the virus is in the resurrection ship, there will be no stopping it, right? So that's a good question. That's one of the things the episodes could have done. Suppose they just fled when the, uh, when the colonials appeared. Now that Ooh, would yeah. cause you pause like, huh, maybe there's some truth in what Simon's saying. Right, right. They aren't spoiling for a fight. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But they do indeed. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> there's quite an engagement, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I guess we can just get to it because we've covered all the Gaia stuff, I think. But Roslyn, I like it. Fucking Warhawk Roslyn. Dude, hard, hardcore. Did this surprise you <laughs> that um, Roslyn had more balls than you? <laughs> just fucking Just with ready you. to collect those baby scalps and yeah, just I'm fucking just hang them off of her belt. Well, babies. <laughs> Are you talking about the babies' heads they crushed in the miniseries with their Cylon yeah. hands? With their those big babies? Cylon heads. <laughs> I mean, come uh, on. Once you open up the door for genocide, fucking all. Anybody's in our way. Genocide. Crush them. Genocide. Um, <laughs> but no, like, I, to be honest, it didn't surprise me at all that Rosalind came down this way. Uh, I feel like she's always been pretty hardly decisive. Uh, and I mean, like, hard decisive on the Cylons. And especially after enduring what she did uh, on New Caprica. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, Rosalind's not going not gonna to hear this shit. Uh, and I <laughs> love her response to you. She's like... I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear that. that Hilo, come on, bro. You weren't. Uh-huh, the balls was, on you. 
That was a little bit of a misfire on his part, but I got to say, I respect Hilo here, man. Just flat out coming out with it. I mean, he doesn't mealy mouth it. He's like, all right, well, look, we're, we're talking about massive total destruction of an, an entire race. And I mean, the fact that they're our enemy, the fact that they've done all the things they've done to us, it's still completely valid that they are our combatants and we hate them. But boy, you're talking about a whole different thing. Uh, when when you go from a military victory and crushing out their their resources, their their ships, their military might, versus literally destroying the entire race, every single living one of them, right? It's it's a jump that needs to be talked about. Yeah, and we're doing a good job of talking about it, no question. He's talking. So let me. This is my last ditch effort to get you on the on the on the genocide fucking train with me. <laughs> All right. All right. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe it's because I got a little bit of German blood in me, but... You're just so hungry for it. You can't help <laughs> Oh, shit. Here, here's my last-ditch effort to convince you. What would you do, Commander or President Matthew Anderson, if things continued, the Cylons continued attacking you, and you continue to fight them and destroy them in relatively, you know, simple engagements like we're seeing, and... They just never surrendered, and you continued to fight them, and you slowly but surely dwindled them down, and they just never surrender. What do you do? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Right? That's my Hail Mary. That's my Hail Mary for my end of the game for my ethical argument. (laughs) Now, in your defense, and I don't want to give you answers to wiggle out of this conundrum I put you in. But we're making a lot of assumptions that this is the reality, that this is going to happen. But I'm just right. going off of information we know to date. Whew, boy. Yeah, if you, if you have them down, you know, all the way down to the You're saying if you're fighting last... them forever, if, if, if right. genocide isn't the answer, but they continuously fight you forever, right? Be- because right. it's not, again, it's not conventional warfare. You can't appeal to their people who control the military. You can't be yeah. like, guys— what what do you want? Do you see what's happening here? Right. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, to me, that is the most difficult aspect of this question, as it applies to this show, is the fact that there is there's no civilian authority to appeal to. There's no there's there's only the face of their war machine, which is kind of everything. Um, that's what makes it really tough. Like, how do you divide their civilization from their their war making aspects uh it's kind of their whole thing yeah they Um, exist they exist as war as a war machine it's what they quite literally are war machine right right um with the exception of athena who we know is safe from the virus anyway right right yeah, I mean, I, I think I would give it that time. You know, you fight this war, let's say it goes on for another year, another another year after that, two years of fighting them more, and you've actually gotten the upper hand, and you've gotten them crushed down to a fourth of what they used to be. And if they were still after you, still unrelentingly coming after you, trying to fight, trying to find more resources just to fight you, then at that point, yeah. Or just I never surrender. Would. They're going to continuously right. fight. Like, how do you deal with them? How, what do you do? You know, there's no, are you going to put them in prison? Are you going to? Right, right. I mean, there is, at that point, I think it comes up as a question again of like, okay, do do, do we wipe them out? Because, and at that point, I don't even think you'd have to worry about a virus. I mean, if they were small enough and you could contain them in a singular battlefield and fucking hit them with a bunch of nukes, that might be enough at a certain point if you've dwindled mm-hmm. them that far. Um 
And yeah, I think that that would definitely be a question on the table then of like, all right, we we have because that that's that's kind of always the measuring stick we use for for human warfare. Like once you have knocked down an enemy fighting force to a certain number, you know, so much smaller than what it used to be, and they're they have way less tanks, way less ships, and they're just down here. You kind of wait for them. You know, you don't literally wait, but you're you're kind of waiting to see if they're going to throw up their white flag. Like, are, are you ready? Are you ready? Like, we've gotten you down this far. Um, and if that never comes, at a certain point, yeah, you'd have to make the choice of, all right, well, maybe we just we just finish it. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. And to, I'd say, it's, again, the thing that hangs me up, the thing that makes me go, ah, is there another way, is just that shift seemingly to me of of Cylon priority of of not, not seeming like they are after humanity with that same with the same zeal of trying yeah. to destroy them um, to to, they, to offer were... you to offer now our olive branch here, and I'm starting to interrupt you. I would just say most likely if it got down to it, we would see some sort of unconditional surrender from them. That's what you would be thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I would imagine so, but I don't know. Yeah, tough to say. I don't know. I don't. I don't, don't know. know. Um, dude, you know who, who doesn't agree with you? <laughs> who? The fucking Cylon. Mm. How do you, why do you say that? Well, I think because she says I made a choice to wear a uniform to be a person. I have to prove it every day, right? My people may be wiped out, but the Cylon will keep her word even if it means, you know, she's the last Cylon left on earth. Can a human being do that? <sighs> Honestly, so Maybe I Maybe not interpret- necessarily agreeing with you. I, 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 I may be, I may be overstating that. I may be overselling it. But I like that she's more willing than Hilo in this moment to accept the reality of what's going on. Right. She doesn't, you know, we don't, what I love about this is we don't see her try to manipulate him. I don't think. It doesn't seem obvious to me in the classic sense. She's like, I made a choice to wear this uniform. This is, this is it. This is the decision. To me, I took that more as just a, no matter what happens, like, I I think what's extremely important to Hilo is- well, loyalty, but also her own individual will and choices, and her just really emphasizing there that I, as an individual, remove not as not as a Cylon and not as a human being. I, Sharon, as a singular person, have made a choice down this path, and I'm not going to be altered off because of what you guys choose. Like I have chosen to be a member of Galactica. I've chosen to be a uniformed officer, and that's my choice. I think I think that is very very important to her. Um, her individual identity that she has chosen and worked, like she says, I, I fight to prove that every day. I have mm-hmm. to constantly be proving that I mean what I said. And she um, doesn't, and, so, and she's not the one that makes the sabotage. No, that's right. Mm. It's really dicey because what do we see happen? We see this big engagement startup. I mean, yeah. this this <laughs> is this is pretty really, massive. I mean, t- t- take me through, t- tell me your thoughts on Hilo and, and his decision and, in this stuff with the with the engagement, to talk to me. I, I, I'm really curious as to what you think about Hilo, right? In his decision to to do what he thinks is right in this moment. I, I mean, I think no matter how you feel about it, I I very much respect him standing by a principle, by a principle of this is not right. This these are life forms; they are sentient beings. You cannot just exterminate them all uh, unilaterally. And he fights against it. I mean, shit. How does like, he fight yeah. against it? 
by, I mean, it's pretty heavily implied. I mean, I guess we don't know whether it's Hilo or Sharon or not by the end of the episode, but it's heavily we implied. We know that, who it uh, is. It's, we see the shot, don't we? Did we? I fucking missed it if we did. Because at the end we of the episode, I was like. tampering with something. Oh, shit, dude. I swear to God, I must have missed that shot. Because at the end of the episode, I was like, wait, did we see him doing it or not? But I thought, I thought it was left ambiguous on purpose. No, um, I think it's I pretty clear. that shot. Eh, I'm a dumb dumb. But no, well, I, I, you know, he goes in and tampers with the the air system in yeah, the, the, the Cylon chamber. You can, you can, you actually see him do it. How did I fucking miss that? Jesus I don't know. Christ, weird. Yeah, it's when it's they're they're all kind of they're all kind of scrambling, and then you just see him run up to the thing, and he and he fucks with these wires. He pops the mm, panel off. That's right. And he pulls this wire out, and it's definitely him. It's definitely not Sharon because Sharon's on the mission. That's you it. know, yeah. It's him. Yeah. He removes their atmosphere. They asphyxiate. The doors lock. And that's it. The Cylons die before they are ever in range of the resurrection ship. He completely destroys their plan, basically. Yeah. And and single-handedly keeps the Cylon race uh, from being exterminated. Pretty he does. Much. Yep. By killing. How many did he kill in there? Like five. <laughs> five. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Boy, he really, he didn't hesitate on that trolley problem, did he? <laughs> <laughs> fucking just pulled the lever. Guess he did. Yes, he did. Uh, but yeah, man, I like I said, regardless of how whether you agree with it or not, I do admire him being like in his eyes, and you gotta give it to his own personal experience that he and he even says it as much when he's talking to Rosalind and Adama and everybody. He's like, yeah, I know it's me. I'm the guy who married a Cylon. So of course you're gonna. Everybody's like rolling their eyes at me right now. But at the same time, he sees that there is. You know, I, I can totally see where he's coming from, essentially. Like, I very much sympathize with Hilo here, that I have found the humanity in, in a Cylon. I have seen that they can be an, a, a full-fledged being with their own wishes and dreams and fucking aspirations. They're, they have a, a personhood, and that it's like, God, to just completely destroy and eradicate them all, all, capital A-L-L, all of them, mm-hmm. is just seems like a crime. It just really does. And for him, it's just the ultimate war crime, and he wants to stop it. Yeah, war crime. Interesting. Interesting. I know. I know. And again, like, it's very tough I, to apply I, I will say, to this I will situation. Say, let me say this. I applaud his. I applaud his ability to stick to his principles as well. Right, right. I mean, that's. I mean, that's something you got to give Hilo. He's always kind of been that guy, but especially like how tenuous is his situation? He's the guy who had to convince everybody that the Cylons okay. Had to convince everybody, you know, about the baby and and the situation and all this stuff. He's always been, in a way, he's almost like Sharon and having to reprove himself as trustworthy and and worthy of respect and and constantly having to prove it and show it every day. And still willing to basically put himself on. I mean, when he did this, I was like, oh, well, so that's probably going to be the end of Hilo, right? Like, he's going to be fucking court martialed and executed. Like, that, you just completely sabotaged their plan. Rosalind's going to have your fucking head. Um, which, to be honest, when we get to it, is another little bit of a convenience. Well, we'll talk about that. that. I, think that's, I think that's massive. And here's another thing that I think is, is, is massive. Hey, Hilo, thanks for waiting until we were at combat. Yeah, it's true. Dude, like stick to your principles, whatever. But why are you want to risk the lives of pilots of your friends? That's now that's so a you point can I save have. a race, a race of enemy that's combatants, of enemy Ugh. combatants, all of them. So far, the show uh-huh. has shown us that with the exception of one. You're going to mm-hmm. wait. 
until we are fucking in the middle of a fight where we can lose pilots, precious resources, mind you. Totally. Precious yeah. resources that were, were somehow created somewhere that, that, that weren't, excuse me, that weren't somehow created somewhere. You're going to wait till we are in the middle of a fucking fight to do this, dude? That is yeah. ridiculous. Do it now before. Have... If you want to murder those five people because you're so good, do it before. <laughs> Yeah, now that I have absolutely no argument against. He, yeah, dude, the timing is so bad. Like, why would you wait until it's already an engagement and they are out there? They are, you know, once it happens, they have to call back all the the, the Vipers. It's like a messy situation. He should have, once he's made that choice, fucking just right away, get down there and do it and make sure somebody, you know, make sure it's found out. Yeah, because, hey, Hilo, and, or, 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 or even I'll, I'll pose this question to you because I can't ask Hilo, what what is the cost of your of your moral high ground? What what is the cost of the next engagement where we lose ten pilots? Well, guess ten pilots are not worth as much as all of the Cylons. Okay, fine. What if we lost half of the Battlestar Galactica? What if we lost four civilian ship? What if in the middle of this combat the fucking Cylons somehow started kicking our ass? Somehow they show up on the scene and they're blasting us to pieces. Would you still be like, yeah. that's okay, that's that's okay, because we saved the Cylons? <laughs> like, at what fucking point do you make a decision? Yeah. How many more planets do they have to nuke, bro, for you to to to, yeah. to step away from this? Ugh, it's true. It's and they true, and man. they attacked you. You showed up, and they turned and attacked. Yeah. It Was true. it defense? Sure, maybe. But if they're on this fucking religious retreat to Earth because they want a new beginning because all of a sudden they're sick, why not just retreat? Now, <laughs> I'm asking those questions to the sky. But they're all, in my opinion, valid questions, especially if you want to write into the show a strong argument to show me something else. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the thing that's that's missing and has always been missing, and it's always the kind of the, mis- the fucking weird mystery of the Cylons, is they do not communicate with humanity. The most we saw of that was when they were on New Caprica, and that was just total domination. Um, there was no real attempt at real, like, level playing field communication mm. there. Uh, and that's that's always in the, in the uh, <laughs> chat. Scott's asking, "Is nuking a whole race a war crime?" Hey, thanks. What's up, Scott? First of all, thanks for hopping over to YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> we moved over to YouTube. Thanks for joining us. Um, we've talked about that kind of at length here because we've yeah. we've I have given the position of is 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 it a war crime if every one of the people in that race is complicit and active in the military effort and attempts to eradicate you, right? Earlier in the episode, which you missed, which I kind of said it's, I said it'd be like, if you could introduce a virus into the Third Reich, would that be a war crime if you spared the German people? Well, probably not. I don't really know. But it's almost like that's what we're talking about. I I see, personally, I see the, the Cylons as the Third Reich and not as Germany with innocent farmers, involved right, in the mix. Right. I'm not eradicating innocent farmers. I'm every Cylon we've seen in the show with the exception of the one, which is Athena, which certainly begs the question that there could be more, but of the ones we've seen, we've only ever seen them all participate actively in the war effort. And I'm not talking about girls at home making uh, fucking carburetors for tanks. I'm talking about <laughs> on a ship making strategic decisions and actively pursuing humanity. That's that's what I've seen. I haven't seen, you know, well, this farmer is kind of supplying the war effort with his tax, kind of, isn't he? 
I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a little bit different than actively engaged in the right. in the pursuit in the in in the capture or the internment or the destruction or the nuclear attacking of humanity. Well, you know, again, I think there's actually a point here too. We should we should point out that it's like again, they didn't have to turn around and face the Cylon base stars that were pursuing them and actively, you know, after them in that moment, they actually had to jump out to a place and get the Cylons' attention and get them to appear and then start this engagement. I feel like, again, if they had left New Caprica and it had been a pretty much from that point on, the Cylons are pursuing them again and they're, they're after them and they're being attacked with regularity. Uh, and if they get a hold of this virus and they literally turn around, like halt their their you know evasion and then start fighting the Cylons again and deploy this virus, it's uh, that again is a little different from having to bring the Cylons out because they are actually not around. They're actually not currently attacking you. Like that again. Like I would be more on board. Like if this were still that episode where they were being pursued every thirty three minutes, even if you jump and they're just constantly on you, I would go, yeah, absolutely, deploy the virus, fucking kill them. They are just on our ass trying to kill us. That's it. But it's again for oh. me that I have this big hesitation about the pause, the pause of attack from the Cylons. Again, it, I, I think I think your I think to be fair, I think your perception is not accurate on this, and I only say that because we cover the, the show. Timeline. I'm getting meta here. We cover the show every other week. It's literally only been a few weeks that, that yeah. we know of since the the they left New Caprica. In in space is big, and we you know I think I, I just feel like. We're looking at, it. and I and I also think you also, Matt, have information. Even though it's it's still not convincing, as far as I'm concerned, at this point in the plot, that there is some dissent within the Cylon ranks. Like they don't know that Adama doesn't know this information. These guys don't know this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what if they started to so, so so? Then what would you do if they started to attack them again? If they found them and somehow were able to track them, and we know how they found them every 33 minutes because there was. They had them tracked, right? What if yeah. that started happening again? What, what if we? What if in three episodes the Cylons attack them with a major offensive? What's are we going? Oh, maybe we should have. Like, is it only because you're not currently in a fight in that second? I don't think it's that boiled down. Like, I would be willing if I if I'm Adama at this point, I'd be willing to keep those Cylons alive with the vaccine and try to that that would become a top secret thing that we have you know locked away in our ship uh these Cylons that are sick but we're keeping alive and we keep them in our like I said in our back pocket of like all right if they if they attack us again then okay we haul out these fucking prisoners out there and fucking blow them away and send them to their resurrection ship and kill the whole race like I'm more, I'm more comfortable doing it if they're engaging us. But having to go out and find them, I think, does make it different. I, uh, I don't think I can give you any more ground on that. All right. <laughs> I think it, so. What you're saying is you believe that it's it's not the right move, and only if we're literally being attacked in the moment. I mean, well, if we're going to make it that, then it's no, either. No, no, no. I'm asking you if that's what you're saying. I mean, yes. Okay. Fair enough. Then and I, I mean, then, it's, then, so the, then that also just makes it a black and white. Okay, we destroy, we hunt them down and destroy them full tilt. No, no, like no quarter. That's it. We wipe them out, or we wait for them to destroy us. Like that's that's kind of what my choice is being boiled down to. I mean, is it is it really that? Is it is it one or the other? Are you asking me? I'm asking. I think that we are at war with the Cylons, in that 
even though we're not currently being attacked today, I know what I have witnessed this far into our flight from the 12 colonies, which we saw 12 planets attacked with nuclear yeah. weapons in, in, in billions, billions and billions of lives. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. Billions, billions and billions of, of flying into space and to hell. Billions Obliterated flesh, nuclear weapons, billions of deaths. I think just because we're not being attacked in the moment, it'd be like, in again, I, I'm trying not to straw man you, but it'd be like saying, okay, I'm at war with this country, but we're only ever going to respond defensively to their attacks. We're never going to try to seize the initiative and, and attack and surprise. Like, do you know what I mean? Right, I, I just right. can't abide that. I, I if well, and that's yeah. I mean, that's not what I'm trying to say either. I know. I, I know like you're not. I know you're not. Mess, but I, but I feel like it's. I feel like that a little bit. You're, you're. I feel like you're hung up on the. It's been a couple of weeks, and 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 Simon saying so. Right. Right. Well, which is fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. But I think I right. think you're. I think you're re. I think you're reacting, and I think it's a human instinct to be like, damn, I don't know if I want to destroy this entire race. I, I get it. Like, I get it. It's like saying, how do you know it's, you, you You know, how do you describe porn? I don't know, but you know, when you see it, I almost get like where you're coming from where it's like, I just am un- uncomfortable destroying an entire race. And, and, and it's just kind of been a fun intellectual exercise to go through it. That's all. Totally. totally. I'm just not sure I'm willing to risk humanity for, for it. That's all. Right, right. And I think honestly, like the, the strongest argument in favor uh, of just deploying the virus and being done with it is the aspect that we've already talked at length yeah, about that yeah, yeah, yeah. that the Cylons are not like other races or at least humanity in that they are all a part of the war machine. Uh, to me, that's so actually the strongest argument that there's yeah that's you know to to every way that we can observe <laughs> and ascertain information about the Cylons, it appears that they are all equally involved in the war. There is nobody who is not a soldier to yeah. to some extent. Um, and that, if that's the case, then it really is, well, you kind of have to get them all. Um, and to me, that's, that's, that's what makes you go, I'm reluctant, but I press the button. Like if I'm going to press the button, if I'm Adama deploying the virus, that would be probably the thing that convinces right. me. Right. I get you. Okay. There's, there's no other way. No, but I mean, honestly, you made me think about things I hadn't considered before. So I, I appreciate the banter. It's good. And it's been very civil and mature. <laughs> ah, we, the way we discuss the destruction of races. Now we have to discuss the decision not to punish Hilo. Boy, oh boy. That um, I did not expect. Do you want to know uh, what know, I think I about say, this personally? Like what? Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Uh, Do you know why? Because yeah. in, you're in the middle. You, you allowed these guys to commit their forces. Now, you could say maybe he couldn't access the prisoners. Maybe they're Marines on duty. Maybe, 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 maybe. I, I consider myself a very creative, or at least I have an overactive imagination. And I am very willing to imagine reasons why he would have waited. The best I can come up with is he couldn't access the prisoners as a result of the guards. But I also... To, to counterpoint myself, I also can only go off what the show is showing me. So even if I'm trying to give the show an excuse, I didn't see any measure of a moment where I think it deserves an excuse, which was, oh, damn, I can't access it right now. There's, there's Marines nearby. I didn't see that. All I saw was this, and, and this is what I think of when I think of a cheesy kind of story writing device, which is, oh, let's, let's for the sake of a show, make it dramatic and have them oust the air and the fucking thing in the middle of the combat to add that sense of drama. Like, I get what you're doing, show. You're being a show. 
But it also kind of bums me out because I think it compromises the integrity of the show a little bit from a writing standpoint. Right, you mean like having it happen in the heat of Having it happen in the heat of the battle. I know I kind of went off on a tangent there. And then I also think it's a super goofy convenience. Oh, the reason I'm bringing up this back, here's my point. The reason I'm bringing that up is because I think Bill Adama to not punish an officer who jeopardizes a giant mission because of his decision to go against what we decided is outrageous. Yeah, it is. It just flat out is. Um, if I'm going to play mean, it's devil's more, advocate, it's less, it's less believable than them not prosecuting people who were collaborators. I mean, I can buy that, and I can buy the why as to why you would do that. I get it, right? But right. this is like, man. Mm-hmm. If I, I for one, just I'm not to, saying just fucking say, executing them. Let me, let me just be no, clear. No, no, I'm not saying execute yeah. him. I'm not saying demote him into nothingness. But man, I, I mean, just, just nothing. <laughs> Um, no, I want to say first, I 100% agree with you. I was shocked. I was like, whoa, really? You're just going to let that go? I am really did not see that coming. Um, to play devil's advocate, I think it's also very much because of uh, Adama, his own personal uncomfortability with with the order. I mean, like he does. There's that scene earlier on where he's talking to Rosalind. He's like, you know, I'm prohibited from using biological uh, weapons unless I have a direct order from the president. And Rosalind cuts right through the bullshit. And she's like, so you're passing the buck on this one. This one, I am. Like he he admits it. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to make that decision. And I think at the end of the day, especially because of his relationship with Sharon, he was very uncomfortable with it and didn't want to make it. And I think it's very much his own – like he let his own feelings get in the way here. Like for sure. Like it was Adama being like, yeah, I kind of agree with Hilo. Let's just let this lay. Let's just not pursue it. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like that is an outrageous thing to just completely turn your head on. Yeah. Like, wow. One thing <laughs> I would say though is that if, if I even want to play devil's advocate to myself, what, what is the punishment? He's a, yeah. Right? So if I want to play devil's advocate to myself for fun because now I'm thinking, what do you do? We, we, we already know that it's not 100% confirmed that it was in fact sabotage. Right. I mean, they know because they looked at it, but the fleet doesn't know. No. So what do you do? Yeah. Do you fucking, do, you, do you, people, if you demote Hilo, people start going, why is he fucking why? demoted? Exactly. And then what exactly. are you going to do? Are you going to, I mean, does, does Hilo offer more positives for the struggle to survive or more negatives? I mean, he definitely had the sword of Damocles he could have used, but he decided not to. But that aside, <laughs> does he, is, he, is he a net benefit or a net cost to the colonials? Oof, boy, that's a really tough question. You know, and I think... But I, I'm, I th- in other words, that's, I'm, I'm saying, like, I get... I, I'm trying to see it from Madama's perspective. Like, what, yeah. wh- where do you go? What do you do to him? How do you, how do you even punish him? Do you demote him and send him home? What home? The Cylons destroyed it, remember? The ones you just gave a right. pass to? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Remember how fun it was on Caprica Hilo? Remember how fun that was? That nuclear breath, you get a fucking atmosphere you got to breathe in all day. <laughs> Lovely. Elzar, um, what did they give Cali for killing Boomer? That's his punishment. <laughs> 30 days in the brig. <laughs> That's it. Oh, shit. But yeah, no, I think I, there is also that aspect of the problem of you essentially can't punish him for this. <laughs> the only punishment you could give, and I'm not even kidding, is to kill him. That's the only punishment you can give because if you do anything less, people start asking why. Well, what did he do to even deserve this? And if it gets out what he did among the, the rest of the troops and the fleet, I think somebody would end up killing him. <laughs> like somebody would assassinate him. Like there's basically 
no way of him not dying if this comes out. Um, All right. I, I think I will. I will. I, I am not. I don't. I as much as fun as we had discussing the the implication of destroying the Cylons with a virus, which I still maintain is the correct move. I will. Uh, I will say that I can. I can see your point on this one, and it and it does complicate matters because I, it, yeah. because if you said how do you punish Hilo, Dean? There's thirty thousand people left. You have limited officers with a ton of experience already. Uh, what are you going to do with them? What's the plan? I would be like, fuck. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. So right. Again, it's the easiest way for me to make any decision is to sort of put it in my own court. And as much as I'm trying to see the perspective of somebody else, I'm I'm only going to descend into confirmation bias because I'm me and I can only (laughs) account for my perspective, right? As much as I want to see it from Matt's or anyone's idea, it's hard. I try. That's what we do as human beings, which is cool. But I don't know how effective it can always be. Uh, So... I just can go at it from what I would ask myself, and that's what do I do? How do I punish him? Do I boot yeah. him out of the fleet and send him to fucking wherever? Do I get Colonel Ty back as my XO? <laughs> that might be another aspect to it too. It's like, ooh, can't get him. Can't tap him back in right now. Yeah. Ah, shit. Yeah, that's a tough one. But I mean, like, I'm right. I want to be clear. I'm right there with you as far as like, it's pretty shocking that Adama kind of shrugs this off. Mm. In the chat, they're uh, equating this to the punishment for the chief. Keep my planes flying. I need my planes to fly. <laughs> you can bang your side. So off. I guess it's not unprecedented for him to to give officers a pass, even non commissioned officers. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes down. So, man, that was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. That was an engaging podcast, yeah. Mister Anderson. That was a lot of good talking, a lot of great discussion. Ooh, it's a big, good shit. Deep one. Um, yeah. Definitely. And there's a, a, a great listener comment here. Sorry, everything went black for a minute on my <laughs> screen. That was really bizarre. Um, whoa. So, um, Michael Claudio, two things stood out to me in this episode. One, is it genocide when silence aren't real people? I think we've discussed that ad nauseum. When we talk about robots, is it, it is more in the decommissioning of said robots? Um, we didn't talk about that aspect of it. I no doubt believe that they are sentient people that have gone beyond being robots, as it were. Yeah, um, I, I think we kind of talked a lot about that. You could make an argument for the for the Centurions and the Raiders. Um, so i i i found the I found the other parts of that discussion more interesting. Um, he says, with Cylons, they have their own free will, and we humans don't control them. So, wouldn't it be genocide? Oh, so he's kind of making the counterpoint to it as well. So, good stuff. His second point. The humans found out Baltar is alive and helping the Cylons find Earth. Now the humans are aware that the former vice president is working. Hold on. Can I go back to the point one for just a minute? It just occurred to me that Ooh. the word yeah. genocide is always considered wrong and bad. And I think that's part of the linguistics that we're dealing with in this debate. Mm, because we're yeah. assuming, no, and I'm not saying it's wrong to assume that, but, but it makes sense to assume that on Earth right? To annihilate an entire race, because how can certain members of that race be responsible for the crimes that are committed by the other people of that race to wipe them all out is not morally correct, right? That's why we always on planet earth in 2018, February 19th, we always say genocide is bad because we understand what that means. We know, okay, we know this is bad. I don't argue genocide is bad, and we're using genocide. It's it's almost like we're 
yes, is it genocide? Yes. But are we kind of smuggling it in based on what we know about the Cylons? Kind of too as well. And I guess that's what the whole argument and discussion and debate is, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the, other, the the aspect of genocide that people, I, mean, I think a lot of times the word genocide gets uh, incorrectly used to just mean killing a lot of people. Sure. Like, ah, so many. And that's not what it means. It means killing a lot of specific people because of who and what they are. Um, it it, is, so it like, is literally the deliberate killing of a large group of people of a particular ethnic group or nation. Exactly. Um, and I feel like that the, the true danger of genocide, of course, I mean, killing all these people is, is the, the real like, potent danger of it. But the way that a war can spin out of control into genocide is going from we are combatants who are fighting over resources or a disagreement or this or that, uh, political disagreement, and we're fighting. And then the fighting gets out of control to the point of we're just going to kill all of those kinds of people regardless of whether you're involved mm-hmm. in the war, regardless of whether yeah, you're yeah, still trying to fight us. Because you worship this or your skin's that, we're just going to kill you all. And it's not going to stop until we get all of mm-hmm. Yeah, I get um, that. And it, and so it's like that. That would be another one of those things where if if the the Cylons literally did go, okay, we surrender, we we, we give up, uh, we you know we we're gonna completely disarm and we're gonna go away, and then they still deployed the fucking like virus. I'm like, wow, you really that's genocide, guys. Like you just killed them. Like you just killed them all because they're Cylons. Like there's no they didn't pose a threat anymore. I mean, you could still talk about trusting them and whether or not you can trust their their surrender, but. I feel like that's that's why the word is is appropriate for as far as like are you killing them because they're a threat or are you killing them because they are Cylons? You ready for the most arrogant thing you're going to hear from me in a long time? Oh boy! I don't think genocide is a sufficient definition as listed here on this dictionary. Ooh. The deliberate, all right, de- all right, Doctor Webster. The deliberate killing of a large group of people, especially those of particular ethnic group or nation. So what happens if you wipe out 20,000 German combatants? They're all of one ethnicity. It's a giant group of people. Is that not genocide by this definition? I don't see any footnotes um, that says, well, if they're enemy combatants, it doesn't count. I, I don't think so because you're not killing them because they're Germans. You're killing them because they are combatants fighting you and you're fighting. Over, I think if it veered into... Uh, okay, uh, all right. So let's say we weren't... Okay, I get what you're saying. So in other words, the motivation of the killing is because of the race, not because of the fact that we're at war with. I'm just saying it seems insufficient if we're at war with Germany and I kill 20,000 German soldiers with an atomic weapon that targets a base specifically. Let's just pretend that can happen. (laughs) Right, right. Um, yeah, no, I think that's I think that's one of the like absolute crucial parts of like the definition is of you are trying to exterminate for one, you're trying to get rid of all like you're not just like, all right, we're gonna kill their soldiers and that's that or even just their men or whatever trying to kill them all and you are trying to kill them all because of a particular aspect of them their their ethnicity or, race, or their nation. ethnicity, their religion, yeah, their nation and you're just all of them, all of them. Okay, but because you don't kill all of them does not mean it's not a genocide. No, but it also, it was the goal. Okay, got it. I think that's usually part of it. I mean, hey, also, everybody get ready to pour. By the way, so so don't make fun of me, Willie Webster. You're making the definition up yourself. (laughs) It's not saying to eradicate all of them. It's just saying a large group of them based on ethnicity. It doesn't say all of that race. But wouldn't that be the goal? I, I don't know. To- I don't have rumblings of genocide in my head unless it's against the Cylons. <laughs> <laughs> against those fucking Cylon toasters. Oh, that's a good way to end this shit, man. <laughs> that's good. But no, I want to get to Claudio's second question. 
Yeah. The humans found out Baltar's alive and helping the Cylons find Earth. Now the humans are aware of the former vice president is working with the enemy. Do you think anyone in that room heard the news was glad that Baltar's alive? Question one. Question two. Secondary in the eyes of the humans, is he now a traitor? Uh, I, I can very quickly answer my perspective on both those questions. Uh, yes and yes. <laughs> That's pretty much that. Um, I don't think anybody uh, doesn't think he's a traitor among, among the humans at this point. I do think there are probably people who, are, who would wonder, well, how much is he just trying to stay alive in, in and of itself? Like wondering We've how, discussed this quite a bit, this very thing. Tons. Right. And like, and I could imagine some people having at least that thought, but, um, I think most people, (laughs) at least a lot of people would not be happy to hear he's alive. And I think damn near all of them would see him as a traitor. (laughs) I think that's the very unfortunate spot that guys Baltar is I've thought a lot about this traitor word (laughs) (laughs) since reading reading that comment. And, um, traitor, it's funny because you start going down this rabbit hole of definitions, traitor, a person who betrays a friend, country, or principle. Okay. What does betrays mean, right? And I don't mean to get pedantic, but this is my wannabe philosophical mind. And it's like, betray. Expose one's country or another person to danger by treacherously giving information. Cool. What's treacherously mean? (laughs) I'm serious. This is why, this is why I was like, I don't want to go to school for a philosophy degree because I would blow my brains out, right? This is what I would do. Faithlessness. You'd, be alo- you'd be alone barefoot in a room, but what is is is? What is is is? <laughs> what is is is? <laughs> Characterize- oh, treacherous means characterized by faithlessness or readiness to betray trust in traitors. Stop it. That's a stop. <laughs> You're doing that little kid thing where why? Well, I don't know. It, ju- it just is. Why? Why is it just yes. is? Well, I don't know. Why? In other words, does, are you a traitor even if you are coerced? Mm. See, now that, that is the situation. A great example of that, what we talked about, is uh, Ellen. Ellen Ty. I would argue that that's a situation that should be considered an exception like for what she did. Apply uh, that I logic think, to Gaius then. Oh, no. Me personally with Gaius? I'm like, dude, I feel bad for fucking Gaius. I think he's just trying to fucking stay alive. Um, and I don't think he's right, ever— Right, we have insider information. I think exactly, to the, exactly, I think to I the point— First of all, I think if you're a military commander named Bill fucking Adama and you know that Gaius is with the Cylons, part of you has to wonder, he must be being coerced on some level. But at the same time, you've never really truly trusted him. And you also know that he was the vice sitting president at the time because Rosalind is deposed, right? And he was the president at the time and he was like, I fucking surrender. And then he became like a puppet of them, so to speak. But- the purists who say, no, no, regardless of coercion, you are a fucking traitor. You eat a bullet. You take your own life. That is the fucking samurai way. Anything else is betrayal. It doesn't matter if you're coerced. Right. You're a traitor, right? That's true. Yeah. That's how they would see it. You don't see it that way. So, uh, me, okay. So, <laughs> me personally, as a viewer of this show, no, I don't see Gaius Baltar as just a, a pathetic, awful traitor who should whoa, be whoa, killed, whoa. Oh. knelt down and shot. Oh, whoa, whoa. What? Huh, what? You don't have to do that. You don't have to appeal to emotion. That's a logical fallacy. You don't have to say all oh, those other things. No, 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 Just no. Just no, say, no. do you what think he's are a you, traitor? What are, no? you ask, are you asking me what I think the humans should think of him? Or are you asking no, me no, what no, 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 no. I should think of him? I'm not asking you what other people should think. That's, that's fucking psychopathic. I would never ask you <laughs> what you think other people should think. <laughs> this, this episode's a mind bender. I hope they play it somewhere. And, oh, God. 
<laughs> no, play, no. Play well, it on loop I'm, to prisoners. I understand. I, I think, sure. I think these people with military training would go, he's a fucking traitor. Yeah. No, I agree. Right? <laughs> I think that's exactly. 100%. I'm asking you, do you think he's a traitor? I and I'm no. not saying filthy, dirty, disgusting needs to be shot. I'm just saying simply, do you think he's a traitor? No, I don't. Ready for my answer? Okay. I think he is, but I kind of get it. And that's something you and I have talked about a lot. <laughs> right. Because right. By, by definition, yes, he's compromised. He's, he is compromised things. He, but I also, I, I, I think I've said in the past, and, and let me just be careful with what I say here because I'll get emails. I think he's a traitor, but I also understand as to why he's a traitor. I don't go, oh my, oh my God, he's a traitor. How dare he? Right. Well, the part of, the part of me that makes me I go, think, no, I think he's, he's not slimy. A- I think he's not trustworthy. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. he's a fucking interesting and awesome, compelling character. Totally. Um, I, 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 would, I would like to think I would make the right decision if I could in his position. I don't know for certain, but that's what's fun about this. That's we've talked about this before. This is what we're talking to Ta- Ta- Taylor Galloway about. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, I think I go. Ah, I get it. And if the military were like we're going to execute you for being a traitor, I'd be like, ah, I get it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm I mean, saying? I'm, I feel pretty loose on this whole thing. See, it's funny. Like, I, I feel the same way about it, but I don't... It's, I, I feel the same way about each of those conclusions, but I also just don't really see him as a traitor. And I think the main reason of that is an aspect of... I, I think when the word gets thrown around for Gaius, it's, it, we're using it the same way we would use it for, like, Benedict Arnold, who literally is, like, giving up military intelligence, selling out things with the expressed absolute intention and purpose of I want to hamper my side and defeat them and I want the op- I want the enemy to win. And I would argue that Gaius has never done that. I get that you. he has never had the intention of I'm I yes, I am hooray, I'm selling this to the silence, I'm giving them everything they need to no, to no. better kill and destroy you, humanity. You He's mean never the defense it. mainframe. No, that was purely he had no idea. He was a he was a pawn. He was totally. fucking six and she just was like, I got your codes, bitch. And he was like, what? Exactly. Exactly. And I would argue that never, even all the way up to now, has he ever purposefully with the intent of I'm doing this to sabotage the humans. I think of the word as traitor as a very knowing thing. Like you know what you're doing. It'd be like, you know, you contacting a foreign government and being like, I have secrets. uh, I have American top secrets. I want to sell them to you that will damage America. Like that's a traitor. (laughs) It's a traitor. You're doing that on purpose to to destroy your own side. And I don't think Gaius has ever done that. Yeah. I also believe in in the long con. Like – can you give them some information to keep yourself alive a little bit longer? And then by staying alive a little bit longer, making attempts to see if you can thwart their efforts in a greater capacity later on down the line. Right. That's like that, that to me seems like CIA shit one one. Like, Oh, I get captured. Sure. I give up information. Sure. I pretend I'm going to be a double agent. Sure. I give you a little bit of this, totally. a little bit of that, nothing big. But at the same time, I'm still kind of working my angle and yeah. trying to stay alive. I don't want to make it sound all noble. I don't want to right. fucking get shot in the face, okay? So <laughs> what like can I, if, if, if I can, if, I know I don't want to get shot in the face, so I know I got to give them something. Can I give them just a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit of give truth, a little bit of, a sli- little know, bit of truth, but slightly old intelligence Sure, or maybe old you know? information, maybe something like that. Now, I don't think guys ever thinks about it like that. He always plays it from the angle of survival, which I get too, but, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, that's just the way it goes. It's good stuff, man. I, uh. It's a good conversation. This is a great podcast. I had a lot of fun on this one. Yeah. This is a good show. <laughs> good show. If I do say so myself. Final thoughts, baby. Whew. Good episode, man. Good yeah. episode. I like the ones with the big with the big question like this at the center. It's a big moral dilemma. It's good. It's Fucking solid. A, and baby. I mean, 
I, I would argue that it's not one of the like absolute greatest upper tier episodes. It's got a little bit of wonkiness here and yeah, there. Yeah, it's got some I think issues that, that weaken it as far as I'm concerned. Right. And I think it could have used a longer, slightly more in-depth focus on the Galactica and those issues happening there. And maybe we come back to the stuff with Six and Gaius and Deanna in, a, in the next episode yeah. or a later episode. I, that's um, a great But it's all still good. Yeah. 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 Good shit. Yeah. Awesome. Good show, man. I had a lot of fun. I think it was a really good Hell discussion. Yeah. Um, I dug it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's fucking, that was a lot of fun. So that said, um, I, uh, I will say we are, we're out of here. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. The next episode is called Hero. Ooh. Hero. And uh, boy, we're really moving on at a clip here, right? Getting it done. Uh, Hero, Unfinished Business. Got, got, getting it done. There's 20... There's 19 this season, Matthew, and um, here would be seven. So we're only a couple away from being halfway home on season three. Can you imagine? Someday we might actually finish this shit. We actually will. That's crazy. That's crazy. Bananas. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, this is a lot of fun. We'll see you guys in uh, two weeks. And um, that's it. We're out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, thanks for tuning up in the live chat. We've moved over to YouTube. And uh, even though we don't have cameras on our wonderful faces at this point, um, (laughs) because we're not in the same location, so it makes it a little bit wonky. Um, You know, we put up a couple of scenes here and there in the background while we're talking. We don't really refer to them because we don't want to alienate our podcast listeners, which is obviously the lion's share of our listeners. But if you want to uh, jump in and participate in the chat and add to the show like Scott and Elzar and Rottenflieger have done this evening, um, we would uh, direct your attention to libertyshreekgeek.net slash live. That's libertyshreekgeek.net slash live, where we are now doing all of our recordings right on YouTube. And uh, what's really cool is if you go over there, you're going to get a, this is a really cool feature so far. Now we might restrict this to members in the future, but you're essentially getting the episode now. I mean, you're gonna get, you can go on YouTube tomorrow before this releases, and it doesn't True. release until Friday. We're recording it on Monday, so think how early it is. If you just go to YouTube, fucking subscribe, set yourself up to get the the little ring dingers, and uh, <laughs> there you go. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Um, Matthew, awesome stuff, man. I appreciate your respect of this evening. Would you like to tell Long these times. wonderful people goodbye? Mm-hmm. Uh, fare thee well, stay safe, and Cylon writes! Cylons matter! <laughs> I love it. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>